Hello, and welcome to your investor update for April. I'm Kat Mann, Head of PR and Savings and Investment Specialist here at Nutmeg. And this month, I'm joined by our Chief Investment Officer, James McManus. Hi, James. Hi, Kat. Following Russia's invasion of Ukraine at the end of February, how did equity and bond markets perform in March? Are there any signs yet of markets coming to terms with such significant geopolitical uncertainty? Well, while the conflict has continued to dominate headlines, what we've actually seen is global equity markets rebound from their lows at the beginning of March. That's despite continued volatility in commodity markets, increased inflation expectations, and a strong rhetoric from the US Federal Reserve on the need to raise interest rates further in coming months in an attempt to bring inflationary forces to heel. Uh, now, Japanese and Asia-Pacific indices actually led the rally with returns of around 5% and 4.6% respectively in March. US and Canadian equities delivered returns just north of 3.5%. And understandably, it was a tougher month for European equities given their proximity to the conflict. Eurozone stocks closed March down around 0.7%, having also recovered from the worst of their losses. And we've seen European equities remain sensitive to any signs that a breakthrough in talks could lead to a ceasefire. Close to home, UK equities closed the month in positive territory, the FTSE 100 outperforming the FTSE 250, home to mid-sized listed stocks, helped by its greater exposure to energy and mining companies. But the major underperformer uh, for the month was emerging market equities with losses of 2% in March, trailing their developed market counterparts by just under 5% for the month, Chinese equities falling just over 6%. Away from equity markets, bond markets continue to suffer losses in, in March. UK government bonds down a further 2.1%, meaning gilts have started 2022 with their second worst quarterly performance in the past 30 years. And despite improving sentiment for corporate bond investors, both investment grade and high yield bonds again delivered losses in the month of March. Thanks, James. You've just mentioned that bond markets have underperformed throughout much of 2022 so far. What are the main reasons behind this? Well, ordinarily in volatile markets, we would expect government bonds to perform relatively well given their state safe haven status. But underperformance has continued to be driven by expectations for central banks to increase interest rates at a faster pace in response to increased inflation expectations. Now, rising inflation is causing unease, both with the Bank of England and the US Federal Reserve Fed, both hiking interest rates by a quarter percentage point in the month of March. Uh, in an attempt to normalize the stance of monetary policy and slow price rises. Back in the autumn, we began to see the start of a shift in sentiment from investors and policymakers to a more widespread belief that inflation was going to remain higher for longer. And US and UK central banks have previously suggested that inflation was something of a temporary concern. But supply chain challenges and demand for goods have been more persistent than expectations, and labor markets have continued to strengthen. Coupled then with the potential for commodity supply disruption from the conflict in Ukraine, and that's meant that expectations for a very gradual reversal of accommodative policy have been revised to a faster trajectory, raising bond yields and lowering bond prices. Now, within our portfolios, we've actually held a much lower exposure to government bonds since 2020, when we raised our cash levels to reflect this, especially in our medium risk portfolios. To put this in context, we currently own around two thirds of the bond exposure we would expect to hold in the long run. And while that has been beneficial, clearly it wasn't enough to completely protect portfolios uh, from what has been a, a bit of a sell-off in the bond market, especially in the context of tougher conditions for global equity markets in the first quarter of this year. That said, bonds still have an important place in multi-asset portfolios, 
as a diversifying asset with low correlation to riskier assets. Government bonds in particular have offered formidable long-term portfolio support during periods of uncertainty and, and periods of equity losses. You know, taking the worst 40 months of the S&P 500 over the past 15 years, UK gilts generated positive returns 78% of the time, with a median return of 1.5%. So despite recent losses and the headwinds from rising interest rates, you know, bonds still have a role to play in balanced investment portfolios. You mentioned commodities disruption there. How has the conflict in Ukraine impacted global commodity markets? Well, since the Russian invasion of Ukraine, we've seen volatility in many commodities markets from energy commodities such as oil, uh, industrial commodities such as nickel, and, and even in agricultural commodities such as wheat. And all of this is related to Russia and Ukraine's position in the global commodity supply chain. Both nations are really integral sources of key raw materials for the global economy. Russia itself is one of the largest commodities exporters globally. Uh, oil products and gas, very important exports, critically to mainland Europe. Around half of German households rely on Russian gas for heating. But Russia also exports many industrial and agricultural commodities. It plays a key role in the global supply of metals, such as palladium. Around 40% of global palladium supply comes from Russia. And wheat, where an estimated 30% of global supply comes from. Now, Ukraine itself, though, also has an important role to play in agricultural commodities. It's a significant exporter of cereals, of grain, of wheat. And when we look at the wider region, including neighboring countries, there's also a large volume of fertilizer supply that comes from that area of the world. So clearly the potential for supply disruption in a key region for commodities exports has led to volatility in commodities markets. That disruption can come in the form of sanctions or, or policy changes uh, that are going to restrict exports, but also physical disruptions to the commodity supply chain that is going to struggle to operate as normal in a conflict zone. And as such, we've seen commodity prices uh, rise broadly since the conflict started and remain at quite elevated levels, although volatility persists. And rising commodity prices add to the inflationary headache for policymakers and may well lead to further geopolitical risks as we see food and energy prices rise globally. So, has the team made any changes to portfolios during the month? We made a number of changes to the portfolios in March. Um, following the invasion of Ukraine in, in late February, we adjusted our managed portfolios to reduce our exposure to European equities in, in favour of greater exposure to both commodity-focused currencies such as the Canadian, Australian and, and New Zealand dollars, uh, and equity markets with significant materials, energy and financial sector allocations. Now, that meant reducing holdings in European small cap stocks and unhedged European equities in favour of greater exposure to unhedged Canadian and Asia-Pacific ex-Japan regions alongside some UK large cap stocks. Thanks, James. Thanks, Kat. Thank you for joining us. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss in next month's Investor Update, you can contact us via email or on social media channels. We look forward to seeing you next month. More information about this update is available in the description. As with all investing, your capital is at risk. The value of your portfolio with Nutmeg can go down as well as up, and you may get back less than you invest. Past or future performance indicators are not a reliable indicator of future performance.